This episode is sponsored by our friends at Fujifilm North America. Their X-Series digital cameras and lenses may just give you that creative edge you're looking for in your portraits and events. You'll find everything from 40 megapixel image quality to 40 frames per second bursts, plus unique in-camera film simulation modes and effortless usability. Click the link in the episode description to find the full range. There has never been a better time to invest in your passion, so make sure to click the link. Hey there, it's Nikki Klosser, and I want to let you know about an awesome free giveaway for people on our email list. If you haven't already, click the link in our podcast description or go to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up to get on the list. If you sign up, you'll get a free posing 101 PDF to jumpstart things. It's an epic PDF, so you'll definitely want to get this. Also, just by being in our email community, you'll get deals, sales, and information about any of our upcoming events and activities. So head over to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up and sign up today. You're listening to the Portrait System Podcast. I don't necessarily worry about what the next person is doing. I just worry about how can I make myself better, you know, every single day. How can I do it? And that's really just my goal in life. This is the Portrait System Podcast, a show that helps portrait photographers and people hoping to become one navigate the world of photography, business, money, and so much more. We totally keep it real. We share stories about the incredible ups and the very difficult downs when running a photography business. I'm your host, Nikki Klosser, and the point of this podcast is for you to learn actionable steps that you can take to grow your own business and also to feel inspired and empowered by the stories you hear. Today's guest is Crystal Bird Ukta with Love Bird Photo, and that's bird with a Y. And I'm so in love with her work. And if you check out her website, you'll definitely see why. Crystal talks about so many important things during this episode. We talk about how photography got her through a really tough place in life, how she grew her business using a campaign, and what it's like juggling being a mom and working, and also about how she just gets these beautiful tones that she captures in her portraits. Crystal was an open book, and she definitely shares a lot of wisdom that will be helpful to people listening for sure. I love talking with her and hearing her perspectives, and I'm certain you're going to really enjoy this episode. So here she is, Crystal Bird Ukta. Hi, Crystal. Welcome to The Portrait System. Thank you for having me. You are where? Atlanta? Yes, we're in Atlanta. Okay. Have you always lived in Atlanta? Oh, no. I am actually from San Francisco, California. Ah, I did not know that. Actually, I don't know a lot of things about you. (laughs) So this is going to be fun. I'm going to have a million questions for you because really, one of the reasons I asked you to be on here is because I'm obsessed with your work. Like, I freaking love your work. Aw, and I was like, I just have to hear her story. And, you know, I you know, often see you in the Super Ace Education uh, Facebook group, just contributing and, and helping people and giving advice and that sort of thing. So I knew I wanted to interview you, but your work just like uh, so blows me away. Thank you so much. I feel like I've come a long way. <laughs> Have you? You think like, so you didn't just start out being this amazing? <laughs> um, I think I thought I was. don't we all (laughs) or maybe not who knows so okay you know and for people out there who don't know your work I just want to say that your your page your Instagram page and your website is lovebird photo because your name is crystal bird but that's with a y Mm -hmm. so I want to make sure if people look for lovebird it is with a y yes but you've got this like and I want to hear how you got to this point of course but I just want to say for people who don't know your work yet your color tones and your lighting and your editing like it's just like divine. Oh. <laughs> like almost like you have this like 
like almost like a pastel-y. I, I hate to use the word pastel because I don't want people to think back about like, you know, Golden Girls or like, <laughs> you know, it's not like Miami Vice kind of pastel. It's just like <laughs> there's something to it that I just absolutely love. And I want to know how you do it. <laughs> <laughs> I try to stay with earth tones mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. you know, colors that look good on skin. So mm-hmm. a lot of the women who I photograph are brown skin. So I'm always looking for colors that look great. I mean, brown skin people look great in all colors. But I love to see those colors that are kind of close. Yes. So I try to do that. But honestly, I love all color. But I just, I tend to, my clients kind of bring their own clothes. And they, <laughs> I don't know if yeah. they think that they have to like all dress the same. But everybody kind of sticks with that. But I think editing-wise, it's super important for me to make sure that skin tone is preserved mm-hmm. and enriched as well. So, um, you know, brown skin is very rich in tone, and I want to make sure that I don't wash him out. Or, you know, a lot of times when it comes to color grading, I've noticed um, when I first started out, I was just slapping presets, you know, because I really mm-hmm. just— I did the same. <laughs> I spent so much money on presets. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I just didn't know. <laughs> Same. <laughs> but the thing is, that's what's frustrating. I think for anybody who's editing women of color or brown skin people or, you know, just people who have dark, darker tones is how a lot of presets tend to, like, change the color of them. So a lot of times where we're, you know, for instance, it seems like a lot of them turn brown skin people orange. Or put too much Mm -hmm. yellow in, and there might already be a lot of yellow in, and there might already be a lot of red in, so it can be quite frustrating. So for me, um, you know, I do sometimes use presets after I've already done everything that I want to do in Photoshop, and I might add a preset very lightly, but I try to just do my own color grading at this point. (laughs) I just, I just, it's super important for me to um, have all of those tones, um, you know, correct. Right, right. Well, you know, and a part of it too, just from looking at your work, is it almost seems like the backdrop colors that you choose as well. Like you've got this really gorgeous like earth tone. I'm looking at this beautiful pregnant woman and she has this like pearl, it's like a mesh Mm -hmm. kind of dress with pearls all over it. Mm -hmm. And there's just gorgeous color backdrop that I notice a lot in your work. And you know, it, it almost seems like that might help to keep that sort of earth tone. Yeah, I have. Uh, well, that's from Savage. I can't remember which color that is beige or I don't know. I, I buy from Savage and Superiors, like in between. So it's okay. hard for me to tell you which color it is. Right, right. But I tried to have like a couple different skin tone backdrops in studio. Mm-hmm. And even mm-hmm. my painted backdrops, which are from Franklin backdrops, I have one that's kind of like that same tone. But you know, obviously it has texture to it, which makes it really fun. Right. Well, and you said too, you have your, your clients kind of bring their own clothes. Mm-hmm. Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I have a wardrobe. Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I have a wardrobe, but like for like my branding clients typically don't dip into my wardrobe. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. That's similar to mine too. Most of my personal branding clients wear their own stuff. It's when we get like the mother daughter or someone celebrating turning 50 or something like that where they're like, all right, I'm ready to go crazy. What do you have for me? Right. <laughs> That's exactly yeah. what happens. Anyway, I guess we should move on to your story. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like sitting sitting here gushing over all your your work, but I just I just really love it. And like you said, I love how you preserve skin tones. It's just mm. 
You just do it so well. And I have to give a shout out to those who helped me with retouching because I was doing all the retouching, but I also was spending too much time doing that. And, you know, as a mother, mm-hmm. uh, you know, my husband was like, something's got to give. Like, this is, you're just like completely doing this all the time. And as my clients increased, I needed to make sure that I had somebody help me with retouching. So I also got to give a shout out to those who helped me with my retouching because they, I mean, I'm super picky over who's going to, you know, retouch and Mm -hmm. the people who I work with are really good. That's awesome. That's awesome. Retouching is so important. I feel you on that so much. I would die without my retoucher. Okay, so do you just have one retoucher or do you have like a team of people? I had one retoucher and as the workflow started coming in, I decided to get a couple people to help out. So I have three all together. Okay, cool. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about how you got to where you're at today. So were you always a photographer? Did you do something before this? So no, I wasn't always a photographer and especially not full time. I started getting into photography while I was visiting my mother one year I think it was like 2006. So just to go back, I went to college out here in Atlanta, and it was Clark Atlanta University. And Mm -hmm. my major was radio, television, and film. So communication arts, radio, television, film concentration. I just knew I was going to work in the music industry. I knew that I was going to work in radio, and there was just nothing you can tell me about it. I interned with everybody, Fader Magazine, local radio stations, Bad Boy Entertainment. I mean, like I was like the super intern. And then (laughs) after I graduated, I actually did work for a radio station that I interned for. And I was so excited because my first job was exactly what I wanted to do. And then they just like, I I didn't know that they did this, but they just like up and dissolved my station. They just one day called us in and said, this station doesn't exist anymore. And we were all- No warning. No warning at all. So I think that happened to Jasmine too. (laughs) But (laughs) I think I was listening to her interview and the same exact thing happened to her. So anyway, I was kind of bummed out. Um, I was looking for work, but guess what? It was the recession. So there was no work. Um, It was really hard. I was just hustling around doing a lot of brand ambassador type of jobs which was fun because I was young and I could do that type of stuff. (laughs) And then my mom was like, hey, why don't you come on out here to California where we're from and just come out to visit for a couple weeks since you're on unemployment. (laughs) So I went out there and she said, hey, while you're here, why don't you just apply for some jobs and just see what happens? So I was like really reluctant, but I applied to my all-time favorite radio station and then they hired me. So oh, nice. um, so I ended up moving back to California. While I was there, my mom, who was a wedding videographer, she was like, I just bought this camera. Why don't you go outside and just have fun and take some pictures? So I got hooked as I was clicking and clicking. Mm-hmm. And when I got on the flight to go back home to start packing my things up, I had to buy myself a camera that day. So literally, I got off the plane and I went to what was then Wolf Camera, bought myself, I can't even remember which camera it was, but it was a Nikon at first. And then I was just like, you know, taking a lot of pictures 
automatic settings, you know. <laughs> I was doing that. Yep. I was a photographer the day I bought a camera. Like, oh, I'm a photographer now. <laughs> Good. That's awesome. <laughs> but it was it was cool. I mean, I used to have just take pictures of friends and, you know, like I feel like I was pretty good as someone who was just starting at the time. Later, I did, you know, take pictures like on weekends and stuff, but I was mostly focused on working in radio and then eventually just being in San Francisco, the culture is very like, there's nonprofits, there's activism, there's all this type of stuff. And I found myself, all of a sudden, I just didn't want to work in radio or music anymore. So Mm. I went into the nonprofit world and I was working with youth. And eventually I had to leave California because I got priced out because you don't make money working in a nonprofit, you know. No, no. I <laughs> no. I was a so I was a social worker and I started my own nonprofit. And let me tell you, it like sucked my soul dry. It was yeah. crazy. And with no money. Like no money. Yeah. And you know, during that time, San Francisco, like all the prices went up crazy. Yes. So I could not afford to be there anymore. So I ended up having to come back out here to Atlanta which I fought tooth and nail to get out here. And when I got back, it was really hard for me. I didn't have a job. I was, I think, pregnant. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Is this, be- this is before you had kids? This was in the middle of that. Yeah, so I have a, tw- I have a 12-year-old. I have a 9-year-old, a 5-year-old, and a 4-year-old. Yes. Oh, yeah, you have four. Okay. Yeah, I have four kids. Yeah, you have your hands full. Yeah. No, no wonder it's like you need a retoucher. <laughs> Man. So, so basically, you know, this is obviously the abridged version of the story. Right, right, of course. But basically, you know, when I got out here, it was just rough. I eventually ended up becoming a single mother of two. And yeah. all I had was my camera. I had nothing. I had no job. I had, I did have a place to live, but... I was pretty much just surviving. And yeah. I can't even tell you, like, it, a lot of it is blacked out, but I don't know how I made it. I just say that God got me through. So I want to say it was almost two whole years of that. And I would just, like, on the weekends, take pictures when I could of who I could for, like, $75, $200. Like, mm-hmm. I was just, like, scrambling and eventually, after almost two years, I finally got a, a real job. <laughs> I actually finally had a full-time job, and I was working for a staffing agency. And then from there, things started getting good, and I met my now husband. <laughs> and then I had actually got hired to work for the city of Atlanta. So, you know, I was kind of like back on my nonprofit government thing. And then I got pregnant with my son. And... I was there for about, I think I got pregnant right when I got hired. And so I was there for about nine months and they let me go right before I had him. They let you go. Oh, geez. (sighs) Yeah, that was really rough because to me, I was so excited to work, you know, and I was so excited to have a job with the city of Atlanta. And then they let me go. And I was devastated, again, because I thought that I was finally getting out of the rut that I was in. How long ago was this? Oh, well, he's five now, so that was about five years ago. So this wasn't even that long ago. So, yeah. No. Oh, no. Oh, and then after I had him, I get another great nonprofit job and find out I'm pregnant with my last child, and they let me go right before having her. 
Oh, my gosh. And in between that time, we also discovered that my son had autism. And that really, that was hard. That was probably the hardest moment because then, you know, not only did I get let go of my job, but I could not work. I could not work a job because somebody had to take care of him. And he could not go to daycare. He could not. It was very hard to manage him because he was always screaming and crying. And then I had a brand new baby. And there's no nanny, you know, there's none of that. Um, So I was really just went into probably, excuse me, I went into my darkest days. Yeah. And it was hard because I felt that I could not contribute to my home. And I knew that my husband was doing everything that he could to try to get, to make sure that we were okay. And there were days that, I just felt like I couldn't get out of bed. I never left my house. So like everything that everybody was complaining about during quarantine, I laughed because I said, that's what I went through for years yeah. is never being yeah. able to leave my home. And only someone with special, a special needs child would really understand. Right. And one day I remember I was just like, I need some money. And I put a post out that I was doing $75 photo shoots. And not one person would book it with me. And at that point, I couldn't understand, like, you know, what's going on? Like, nobody wants to even do a photo shoot with me, and I'm basically giving these away for free. I I just, like, had one of those artist moments where, and I always tell this story, but you, you know when you watch a movie and then the artist gets so upset because their painting isn't perfect and they just toss everything over? Yeah. And the table, and they're just like, ah, oh, this is horrible. Um, <laughs> I kind of had one of those moments without tossing over tables, but I just deleted everything on my computer. I deleted every picture I ever took, except for the ones of my kids. I don't have any of my old work unless a client posts something of mine from the old days. Wow. But I don't have anything. And I said, I'm not doing this. I'm going to um, start all over again. Yeah. And yeah. I started doing like YouTubing and just watching photographers. Like I wasn't really trying to reinvent the wheel. I just said, well, let me just watch other photographers shoot and see how they shoot. So I got kind of obsessed with that. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to start doing weddings, and that's the only way I'm going to make money. And, you know, we all think that, right? <laughs> right. So I said, I'm going to start doing weddings, and I'm I'm going to figure this out. And I really started getting into, like, I found out about styled shoots, you know, wedding-styled shoots. And mm-hmm. I found out that there were people doing wedding-styled shoots locally all the time. So I started kind of attending those you know, I was able to like save up a little bit of money. I did a fundraiser so that I could go to a shootout um, that I really wanted to go to with a photographer I always admired. And I was able to go to the shootout. So I started kind of building a portfolio. However, it was super hard to get a wedding job. Like I had nobody, like no matter what, I put everything together. I had the little styled shoot portfolio, but Still, I wasn't getting any weddings booked. And then I found Sue Bryce in my feed one week. And I just watched that promo video like five times in a row. 
And I felt so inspired. Like literally that day, I was, it was like the light came shining, you know, down on you. It, like, yeah, yeah. like, you know, when it makes that noise, mm-hmm. ah, and then the light yeah. falls on you. Yeah. And I went to my husband yeah. and I was like, this is what I'm going to do. This is how it's going to be. This is what I'm going to do. And he was just like, okay, yeah. And I'm like, no, for real. Like, this is, I'm really, listen to what she has to say. And he was like, okay, that's when the change happened. So that was when my my baby, the youngest one, I think she was about maybe just like six months, you know, about six months old. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I started obsessing over Sue, learning everything that I can. I did end up going to that shootout out of town, but I found that once I was there, we were photographing children, but at that point I realized like, okay, this is really fun and cute, but I think I want to photograph adults and I want to photograph women. I just wasn't sure still. I wasn't 100% sure like how it was going to work out. So then when I came back, I posted pictures from the workshop. And then a friend of mine who was like a younger friend of mine who I kind of watched grow up, she's a makeup artist. And she was like, hey, I see what you're doing. Or it looks like I see the direction you're trying to go into. If you want to do some stuff together to build your portfolio... I'm willing to do the makeup for you for free. Nice. Yeah. And she was like, you can just like send me clients, you know, and just keep referring people to me. And then, but for your portfolio, I will do it for free. And you can come and shoot out of my apartment. And her and her, her husband actually is a photographer. He does a lot of fashion and they don't have any children. And they literally had their living room set up like, a studio. Wow. That yeah. is awesome. So like I did a couple models and as I'm watching Sue and she's talking about build a portfolio you love and I just was racking my brain on, okay, well, how am I going to convince people to shoot with me? Um, I might have booked like maybe one or two, but it was still really hard. And the turning point for me was when I finally um, did a campaign so yeah, we did we did the campaign out of my friend's apartment and she did all the makeup and and she did it for free. But what I would do is if the client ended up buying pictures from the campaign, I would pay her. Okay, gotcha. From that. T- tell me about the campaign. What was it? So the campaign that I chose, I named it Worthy. And the reason why is because at the time I had been going through some serious depression and I wanted to basically do a series that allowed for women to talk about their own stories of how they've Mm -hmm, overcome mm -hmm. or how they are transitioning in life. So um, we did a call for women who were going through some sort of transition in their life. It didn't have to be anything super major. Um, Some people had got a new job. Some people had got got a big chop, you know, when they cut all the hair off. Some people had, you know, gone through cancer treatment and they've got, you know, I had a client who lost a breast. So I had all sorts of women come. And what I did, we had a $0 session fee. And then they could get one free image. And then they would have the option to buy. I didn't make a ton of money off of that campaign, but I did make some money. And at the time, that was great for me because I didn't have anything coming in. 
And I could stay at home with my kid and just have to be gone for one day, you know, every other week or whatnot. You know what I mean? Instead of a nine to five. Yep. Exactly. So my husband would watch the kids and I would go and do my photo shoot. So the campaign lasted a few months. And what I did is every single time I posted the picture, I told their story with it. I also had a blog that was attached to it. Oh, and on top of that, we had tons of behind-the-scenes videos, testimonials. I showed every single process of photographing with me, and that is really what got me to get more clients. So even though I didn't make a ton of money off of the campaign, the word got out about me. Yes, yes. yes. I, I, that's exactly what I was just thinking. And and I just want to back up a second because obviously you're going through some really, really difficult times, challenging mm-hmm. times for sure. Yes. But it's like you still found a way to kind of like creep out of that darkness that you, you know, you said you were experiencing. Yes. And find, it, it almost sounds like it was just as therapeutic for you as it was for your clients. That's exactly what it was. <laughs> crystal again. Like, like you said, having a, a child with special needs is no joke on yes. top of three other kids and, you know, not having a so- stable income except, you know, for your husband. And gosh, like to be able to just get out and be crystal and be creative and, do something that brings you joy, I can only imagine how helpful that was. It was, and it was a slow process. I didn't see it right away. Mm-hmm. I can even say, like, I would show up wearing just, like, all black to my shoots, sweats, and a tee, and just looking like however. And, like, as time gone by, like, you know, I started being able to buy myself some clothes and put a little bit of makeup on and buy some earrings. And I just noticed, you know, myself improving. My family started to see smiles on my face again. And my son got better, you know, just over time, you know, when he was very young, it was very hard. But Mm -hmm. as he had therapy, you know, he Mm -hmm. improved. And now our biggest terror in the house is the littlest one. (laughs) Um, he's the most easygoing. Yeah, he's the most easygoing. So, but yeah, you know, I was able to completely have an outlet, have some people I could talk to every single week because um, I know my husband used to be like, "Oh, you know, you need to get out. You need to go see your friends," and and I just couldn't. I just I couldn't because it was like every time I would leave my house, I'm like in a rush to get back because somebody had to, you know, I had I was nursing my child. I had to hurry up and get mm-hmm. home to nurse or I had mm-hmm. to hurry up and it was like I was always in a rush. Like I could never really relax and have a good time, which right. almost every mother understands that. Mm-hmm. But so I really just, you know, after being isolated for a while, you start to get comfortable being isolated, which is really crazy. So when I would go to see my clients, it was definitely therapeutic for me. Having adult conversations was definitely a blessing. Um, And also, I knew that it was a therapy for them because I've had some clients book me and say, actually, I just booked this because I need therapy with you. (laughs) And then we have the shoot and they're like, okay, yeah, that was great. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I love it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, and, you know, another couple things that it sounds like you really did right is, like you said, you weren't focused. Of course, making the money is great. Mm-hmm. But when that's the only thing we're focused on and we're not focused on anything else, it doesn't work out as well. Like, yeah. just doing these shoots, like you said, even if you don't make a ton of money, your portfolio, 
you're building an amazing portfolio. The word is getting out there. The referrals are going to start coming in. Yeah. It's like, it's just every, the way you, you chose a very specific campaign that meant a lot to you. You found someone who would do the hair and makeup with you. Like, it seems like every part is exactly how it should have been. It just all fell into place, it seems like. Oh, yeah. It's definitely a divine ordinance, in my Mm -hmm. opinion. And I mean, just over time, you know, it just gets better and better. It just, (laughs) I just feel like blessings just keep falling in my lap, you know. And I realized that, you know, when you actually work hard, then it all pays off, you know. Mm -hmm. At what point did you start charging just like typical session fee and, you know, just put in typical pricing? into place. As soon as I started Sue Rice Education, I did it. But I was also, I watched, I can't remember which one I watched, but she did talk about like, okay, if you don't feel comfortable with pricing high, you know, here's how you can price low. Yeah, and yeah. I can't remember which video, which video I think it was. It was. Sa- it's the sales. And int- she talks about it a couple times, but the sales intensive is when I, I think she first introduces that concept of uh, that or your fir- first packet price. It could have been either one of those. Videos. Yeah, it was something like that because what I did was I still had a lower session fee because my makeup artist at the time only charged me $75. Okay. And we did not have hair at the time. So I think my session fee was like $150 or something like that. Something like that. So I had the $150 session fee. And then I think my packages started off at like maybe $250 or something because I was just not (laughs) ready for the big time. But I think that I had my highest package at $500. And the very first session that I did, she bought the highest package. So then I was like, oh, shoot, this actually works. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So the next day, I changed it. So after seeing kind of like the test run, I was like, okay, well, it it works. So let me go ahead and raise it. And I think I put it up to 200 or something like that. It might have been $200 or something. And then I made my packages start off a little bit higher. Maybe like, I want to say, I feel like I did start them off at $500. I'm not sure. But my highest package was 1000 And then the next shoot I did, they bought the $1,000 package. So I was like, okay, well, I'm not touching this. I'm going to leave it just like this. Yeah. When I did the campaign, the majority of the people did buy packages, but they kind of stuck either for the small package or the middle package. But, you know, one of, I'll say specifically, one of the clients in the campaign evangelized for me heavy. And she, mm, that's awesome. She, she may not be considered like officially an influencer. But she's very much an influencer, and I feel like half of my clients right now still come from her. That's so great. Yeah, that's so great. Other people have said that that I've interviewed on the sh- on the show as as someone just really loved their work and screamed from the rooftops. And if you can find that one person, oh, I had someone like that too, and she truly just brought me so much work. Yeah, it, it, it's so great. Yeah, she totally evangelized for me still to this day. And she will post a picture from two years ago. If she just posts it, I guarantee if she posts it at eight o'clock in the morning, I'm going to have somebody email me by 12. Wow. Yeah, still to this day. And I've done other shoots with her after that because I knew that, you know what, she she needs to have some more pictures so that right. more people see it and they can see how my style has changed as well. So I shoot with her a lot. 
Crystal, it makes me think about how I'm sure there's something more than just the photos for why she speaks so highly of you and why she, you know, tells people about you. I'm sure it also has to do with just her liking you as a person and liking the experience and the service. And and that's something that we really try to talk about a lot is it's not just about the photos. She definitely did explain that because, mind you, she's a model. So she actually does work with other photographers a lot. But I might be one of the very few female photographers that she's worked with. And I'm just like, you know, my genre is specific towards women and uplifting and things like that. So I think that's why she makes sure that she um, shares, you know, other people. She always refers me out. And also when I'm shooting her, I don't make her look so far-fetched. I mean, should we put the makeup on and make her look really good? But I'm not going to go over the top to where people feel like she's unattainable. Right. And I got right. that from Sue. You know, I got that from, you know, Sue's lessons and everything like that about, you know, people being able to resonate with the everyday woman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I noticed on your website that you have some before and afters. And I f- love your website, by the way. <laughs> oh, thank you. So I did good. that myself. It's so <laughs> So good. It's so it's one of my favorite websites that I've seen. I oh. absolutely love it. <laughs> it's clean, it's easy to navigate. Your best work is right there for people to see. You've got the before and afters. I have before and afters on my on my site too. And like you said, if if you make it so that it's, you know, it's not relatable, that your work isn't relatable to the everyday woman because we're not trying to find models as our clients. We're trying to find, you know, Jenny next door. Like we're not right. trying to. So it, it's they have to see that. Listen, these people are not all models. Like this could be you. You could be a teacher, a nurse. A, you know, it could be anyone. So having those before and afters, I think, show people that these are just you know they're everyday people, just like the rest of us. Yes, I actually built my website, um, and I watched Sue's. Look, at I'm always going to say, and I did this with Sue, and I did that with Sue. <laughs> Um, That's okay. I'm the same. (laughs) I watched the um, website video, and I also was there when she was doing the critiques on live. Um, When we we were in the group, and we were kind of going through the critiques. And then I also got an audit by somebody who makes websites. I had wanted her to do the website for me. I was going to have somebody else do it for me. And then when the pandemic hit, I was pretty scared. Like, okay, I don't. Maybe I shouldn't use this last little bit of money on a website. So I did it myself and I took her tips on what definitely needs to be there. And I did it myself. I I worked on it for like two weeks straight. I was just completely obsessed. That's all I did. And I feel like I never thought that my website mattered that much, but I can say that my website is a huge converter. Yes. Yes. I, I believe it is. And I think it's extremely important. I mean, it's our storefront. Like people will go to our website and we've got like a few seconds for them to decide if they're going to stay. Yeah. I mean, truly, if there there are a million photographers out there, you've got to set yourself apart. You've got to look professional. It has to be designed well. Your, Definitely. your best photos have to be the first thing they see. I always tell people that. I'm like, listen, on your Instagram, if it takes me a while to get to your best work, that's a problem. Right. You right. know, it's, I've got to see, like when I go to your Instagram, I see right away, I see, or even just on your website, the first photo that I see that pops up is this gorgeous woman. It's a maternity photo. She's got the white bodysuit on. Right mm-hmm. after that is the most beautiful bald woman. And she's holding the, mm-hmm. and I see, I know you have a campaign that's beautifully bald, which is why I said mm-hmm. that. I didn't mean that for mm-hmm. that to be the first thing I, I mm-hmm. but she's got, she's wrapped in tulle and she's got this like gorgeous jewelry on her head. 
I mean, I'm just, as I scroll, I'm like, oh, I want you to photograph me. Like, as you scroll <laughs> down, it's just amazing. And it's not like your website is anything crazily designed. Yeah, it's not over the top. It's not. And that's what I love about it, is it showcases your work, and that's exactly what you want to be doing when you're trying to capture someone's attention. Yeah. I love the website. It's through ProPhoto. Okay. The thing is, they don't even have, well, they do now. They have a template that's pretty good for portrait photographers. And the person who was actually going to do my website made that design. And I don't know if it's because after our conversation or not, um, but I feel like it's loosely kind of similar to my design that I have now, which is fine. So I just wanted my website to be really easy to read and just get straight to the point. Like, I want your information. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, keep scrolling. Yeah. Keep scrolling. This gets better. It gets better. Oh, yeah. Give me your give me your info at the end. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. And Sue always jokes about, like, if you love fluffy bunnies, like, I just don't, I don't really want to want to see that right yeah, away. Yeah, listen, everything that she said from the about me to the before and afters, to just like the bold statements, I took all of that to heart. And I just, like I I just do everything that she says to do. <laughs> yeah. And, and it do works. Do you mind? Ah. Yeah, yeah, it's true. And that's the thing. I tell people that a lot. Like, don't try to recreate the wheel unless you want to. But most of us don't. Find a business model that works for you. And if Sue's business model works for you, awesome. Take it and make it your own and put your own spin on it. But you don't have to recreate the wheel. If, if there's a yeah. different business model that works for you, that resonates with you more, go for it. Like, it's just right. don't feel like you have to start from scratch and try to create something new. There are things out there that work. Definitely. You know, it's like, oh, so great. Do you mind if I ask you now how much you charge and what your sales average is? Yes. So on average in 2020, I was started to average on my highest packages at the time, which were between $1,500 and $2,000. Awesome. So now I'm going to be starting off at um, $1,200 for my small package of five. And then I have a couple different tiers um, to bring me up. So yeah, I raised my session fee. Um, My session fee is now $420. And it includes, you know, the consultation, hair and makeup, everything that everybody includes. And then my folio collections now start off at five images for $1,200. And my highest package is 20 images for $3,000. Nice. Yeah. That's fantastic. So this is what your pricing is now, and you're just starting out with this pricing? Yes, because I had started off at $850. Okay, so... But, you know, in 2020, before you had ended up having to shut down for a little while, your clients were spending between 1500 and 2000 for a sh- Yes. Total for a shoot with session fee and everything. Yes. That's amazing. And when you think about where you were at charging $75 and just, you know, I mean, you've come a long way. Oh, yeah. And not only that, but last year I had a total, I mean, I was super excited last year, you know, because... Here I was, you know, super happy that I was even making any money. And I think on total, I made $19,000 last year. And then this year, I'm touching the $100,000 mark. Now, by the end of, uh, which the end of December is next week, I should be at that. If I'm not at the $100,000, I'm almost there. So So you're, oh my gosh. So 2019, you were at about $19,000. 2020, with the pandemic, you're about to cross the $100,000 mark yeah, gross income. Yeah, touching. Yep. The pandemic really threw me off. You know, I thought that it was 
I was starting to do good at the beginning of the year and then the pandemic hit and I really got devastated. Like, oh man, what's going to happen? You know, in Georgia, they lifted the lockdown off fairly quickly. So we were able to go back and I think they lifted it in May, but I wasn't comfortable to go back until June. And my phone was ringing in May trying to set up appointments so I've been literally shooting twice a week, every single week since then. And on average, you know, they're buying typically my top packages. So that's why when I changed my pricing, I realized that my top package, you know, I can make that my middle package, basically. Exactly. <laughs> that's exactly what I was just thinking. Like, yeah, yep, if they are continually buying your top package, that's when you know you need to rate your prices. So I'm yes. so glad you just did that. Yeah. So you're going to start out 2021 with your smallest package at 1200 Yes. Yeah. And yeah. I also, I was rattling my brain a long time about how I was going to, you know, do the personal branding aspect of it because a lot of people are looking for content images mm-hmm. versus just headshots and, you know, personal branding headshot portraits. So occasionally, you know, I do more of lifestyle or I try to make them content worthy, which means like they might be pointing in directions or, you know, they're really fun yep. and we're yep. we're being intentional about what the photos are for. Totally. So those packages, I offer a little bit more images. So those content images will start off as 15 images as a small package. Okay. And that yeah. starts off at 2500 And then my largest package on that is 50 images for 5000 Nice. Yeah. And I'm also offering subscriptions. And there's an option of either a one-year subscription of four of my 30 image collections. So they can have four of those sessions for $10,000. Or they can have a one-year subscription of my VIP, which is the 50 image collection for 17000 That's awesome. Now, is this something that they, you said four shoots, so it would mm-hmm. be like one for, for the year. season or, yep. you know, okay, got Quarterly, you. yep. Yeah. I got really inspired by Peter Hurley. <laughs> I was on Clubhouse. I'm not sure if you know about that app, but we were in, on Clubhouse and he was in a room with us and he started talking about, you know, pricing yourself in a very scary way. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I said, you know what? I'm going to go for it. I'm going to make a package that's $10,000. So we'll see how it goes. <laughs> yeah, you'll have to keep us posted. I think that's really smart because so many people are kind of pivoting to needing so much more online content right now because of everything that's going on. So it's yeah. like, you know, everything's online right now. So that's yeah. really, really smart. You'll have to keep us posted in the Subrice Facebook group. Yeah. Just so we know what's, you know, how it's going for you. I know a million people are going to be asking you, so get ready for it. I know, right? (laughs) We'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. Crystal, what do you think? I mean, because that's a big jump from 19,000 to 100,000. So what do you think was like the pivotal thing for you? Like what was something that you really think pushed you to grow so much? Yeah. First of all, having those people evangelize for you, lots of behind the scenes that I share. Yeah, that's another thing that I thought of that you said you were doing is getting a lot of behind the scenes. And you were oh, so smart. I do a lot of behind the scenes. You did so much in that campaign. I love it. Yes, the testimonials. I also did Kara Marie's referral program. You know, remember the referrals that she mm-hmm. was? Yes, yeah, so I did that. For those of you listening, Kara Marie has her courses in the Portrait Masters store. And then she also has a video uh, of a shoot on Subrise Education too, if you're wondering who Kara Marie is, just to make sure. Yes. I did that. 
I, you know, I honestly, I, I have not been able to do a lot of the networking that, you know, a lot of people have a chance to do because I'm always at home with my kids. But I just, I'm very active in a lot of Facebook groups. A lot of people just kind of know me in a way. And I'm always referred out. So, you know, I'm very quick to respond to people. I don't care. Yeah. DM me. Go ahead. DM me. Some people don't, yep. I don't want nobody DMing me. DM me. Fine. That's fine. I'm just going to try to get your number and then I'll call you back. I definitely call people on the phone, which was super hard for me as a old millennial. Yeah. <laughs> uh, at first, that was really hard for me to make those phone calls. But um, almost anybody who I talk to on the phone is ready to book. By the yeah. time they're done talking to me. So great. And I, I think that really just having a couple of people who super believed in me helps, you know. Yeah. And even my yeah. friends who necessarily cannot or they're not ready to shoot with me yet for financial reasons. I don't want to say they can't afford me. They're just not ready. They still vouch for me and they still talk about me. And, you know, that really helps. So I definitely don't knock anybody I always try to make a way to make that person know that I'm ready for them when they are. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, I'm assuming there are a ton of photographers in Atlanta, Georgia. Am I right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. But you know what? You know, there's definitely a lot of fashion photographers out here. There's a lot of shoot and burn. There may be some a lot of photographers who are doing what we're doing, but I don't know who they are. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. you really have to make yourself stand out. Yeah, and the reason I said that is I think a lot of people will say that. Oh, but in my town, I couldn't charge that. Or in my town, there's too many photographers. I can't compete with, you know, the shoot and burner, this and that. And it's funny you say that because that's how it is in both where both my studios are, Seattle and Michigan. There are so many photographers. And I, and I honestly couldn't tell you what any of them charge except for anyone that I've interviewed on this podcast. Yeah. Because I just don't really pay attention. What I have focus in my head is to be the photographer that people want to book. And I feel like that's kind of how you are. Yeah. You are the photographer that people want to book. And maybe not everyone is ready to spend the money yet, but you're on their list. And two, three years down the road, those people who've been watching you are going to be ready. And for the people who are ready, you're giving them great service, beautiful photos, and they're talking about you. So it's like, there's no excuse. There's a million photographers in Atlanta. There's a million people who are cheaper than you, but you have to be the photographer that people want. And it doesn't matter. And that's absolutely true, Nikki, because there was a point in my life, and I remember crying to my husband, and I said, I feel that people just want me around because I have a camera. And I said, I don't want to be that person. I want somebody to come to me, not because that I was the best option financially, but because they absolutely have to have a photo shoot with me. And I could turn down money if somebody reaches out to me and they're just like, oh, well, you know, all I've got is this, because some people have done that. Well, all I've got is this. Mm -hmm. And I can turn that down easily because, you know, I know what, what it takes to have this type of photo shoot. So, yeah, and also yeah. I know that once we hang up, somebody else is going to call me. You know, so yeah, I, I really, I don't necessarily worry about what the next person is doing. I just worry about how can I make myself better, you know, every single yeah. day? How can I do it? And yeah. that's really just my goal in life is to strive for excellence, to give people, um, you know, a beautiful experience and to make them feel loved on during their shoots and that goes with everything. You know, I have a, the most, right now I have the most amazing hair and makeup artist and he 
just brings so much life to my shoots. I have an assistant who brings the laughs and giggles out of my clients. It's just really like an amazing team. And I just can't wait to try to do some more things. Oh, I love it. I love it so much. I'm so proud of you. And thank you. I feel like you're setting such a great example for your kids too. Yes. And I mean, they complain still like, oh, why do you have to go to the studio? I'm like, I only work twice a week. (laughs) You're like, listen, you're lucky that I'm not nine to five. You are lucky. I say that to my kids sometimes. I'm like, listen, if I was still a social worker, we would hardly ever see each other. Like exactly. basically we would see each other on the weekends and like at night and in the morning. Exactly. Like it just I'm like, you guys have no idea how lucky you are. I keep trying to tell my kids that they have no idea. And the other thing is my kids, my older girls especially, they love photo shoots. They love to get creative. One of my daughters, she's totally into this like Turkish drama right now. Oh, cool. And she wants to have her Turkish photo shoot. <laughs> she's got a whole costume and she's got oh. this whole dramatic thing. So hopefully I'll be able to do that for her soon. But, you know, I try to let them get a little bit involved every once in a while. I have a camera that I'm saving for them um, to be able to practice on and everything like that. So Very cool. Yeah. This is my love. I love my family and I love photography. And I could talk about photography all day. I'm on Clubhouse. I'm in the rooms talking about photography all day. <laughs> I've never heard of Clubhouse. I'm going to have to look it up. Oh, yeah. Hmm. It's the next big thing. So All right. I'll have to check it out. But yeah. Next year, the main thing I'm trying to do is get into my own studio space. That's that's the next question I oh, had for okay. you. Was are you still shooting in the the space that the, your makeup artist had offered? Oh to? no! So basically, a few things had happened. The makeup artist, uh, she had to move, and it was like a last minute move, and I was like scrambling trying to find a studio and somebody, I had posted something in a group and somebody was like, I've got a space that you can share. So I was able to um, get in with some nice ladies and share the studio with them. It's about five of us all together who share this space and we each have our own day that we shoot out of. And then we have two flexible days out of the week. So the other ladies don't shoot as often. So I typically take that flexible day but I feel like I'm starting to take over the studio. <laughs> so I need to yeah. find an additional. I'll probably still keep it because, you know, I'm only paying $200 a month. Yeah, the price is right for sure. Yeah, and I, you know, I might get a new studio and then, you know, occasionally rent it out and then just shoot out of that one. But I want to be able to have the flexibility and not feel constrained yeah. to only having so much space so many things I can bring in the studios and only so many days I can shoot out of. Right. You know, I might want to hold a workshop or, you know, something like that. And, you know, I don't want to have to be, you know, begging for a day out the week. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Well, I have no doubt you'll get there. I mean, rather quickly. Your your growth trajectory is like (laughs) huge. So I'm looking, I'm on a mission. Once I'm on a mission, you can't stop me. For sure. And I'm so glad to hear your son's doing well. This this is kind of a side note, but the nonprofit that I started back in 2009 Mm -hmm. was Autism Advocacy and Education in Developing Countries. So we did, yeah, we did projects in Nepal and Maldives where parents couldn't even get a diagnosis. They were just zero services. Government didn't recognize it, you know, autism and Gosh, it's like the challenges that come with not understanding autism or, or having yes. access to therapy and everything. Yes. So anyways, just a side note, I'm so glad to hear that he's doing well. Yeah, one little thing could turn into like a total misunderstanding of what that child is. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, 
There's pipelines that exist that, you know, bring children into the penile system. And it's like, okay, but if you understood that this was actually a child with special needs, you know, so many things could be prevented, but it's just, it's a lot of education that has to happen. Yeah, totally, totally. Anyway, just a side note. Mm -hmm. But okay, so, so many things coming up for you and so many just amazing, amazing things that I know are going to be happening in the next year. So make sure you keep us posted about your your subscription photography and getting a new studio and just how it goes with your new pricing. I can't wait to hear all, all about it. And you're just, you're an inspiration. And again, I, I love your work so much. And I got to look into these background colors that you have. Because, <laughs> yeah, just beautiful. Thank you. So thank you. Thank you for sharing your story. Oh, I forgot to ask you all the questions. I, I have more questions for you. Oh, the yeah. Same, the, the questions uh-huh. Yeah, that I ask at the end of each episode. So the first question is, what is something you can't live without when you're doing a photo shoot? Two things. I have my studio mix on Apple iTunes. What is it? Is it called iTunes? <laughs> Apple Music? I think, yeah, I think yeah, it's uh, Apple Music. I think it is now. I think they just switched over. Yeah, I made like my own mix for my studio, and um, it's a nice mix of like Afro beats mixed with like women's like power songs. I call it, and just every once in a while, a nice little ratchet hip-hop beat. Cool. And then also, we always have to have some chocolate. Oh, nice. Me and my, <laughs> me, me and my makeup artist, like we, like halfway through, we got to pop like a little, like a Reese's Buttercup. <laughs> yeah. Oh, those are my favorite. Like I steal all the Reese's <laughs> cups out of the Halloween bag. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Number two, how do you spend your time when you aren't working? Well, obviously we are a big family, so we're always together. One of our pastimes, don't ask me why, is we just drive around. Uh, We drive around Atlanta. We drive around Atlanta. We look at all the beautiful homes, and we go and try new foods and take the kids to the park. And that's really just like the highlight. Nice. Yeah, I love that. (laughs) Just like simple family time together. That's great. Yep. Okay, number three. What is your favorite inspirational quote? Oh, dang. You know what? My favorite quote is my college alma mater. And that is find a way or make a way. Find a way or make a way. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. That's such great advice. And that's exactly what you did. It actually goes, I'll find a way or make a way. Oh, I'll find, well, either way. I mean, either way, it's all, you got to find a way or make one. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And it's true. And that's exactly what you did. So, yes. All right. Number four, what would you say to people who are just getting started? Be patient with yourself. Mm -hmm. Be open, open, open to constructive criticism as long as it's coming from a good place. Yeah. Constructive criticism has helped me to get where I'm at today for sure. I think it's the only way that I would have even been able to be a decent photographer. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, sometimes it hurts to get that constructive criticism, but you just have to take it. Yeah, but you, <laughs> you just, just have, have to, to take, take it. it. <laughs> yep, and and have some self-reflection and don't be so, you know, cocky that you don't think that it could be true or, you know, it's just having that self-reflection and look at what I need to do better, it will just put you on a huge path for growth. Definitely. Like if you can't self-reflect and look at what you need to do differently, it's... I'm telling you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> great, great advice, Crystal. I'm so glad you said that. Thank you. All right, last thing, where can people find you if they're looking for you online? Okay, you can find me on Facebook. You can find me in any photo Facebook group for sure. Um, But you can find me on Facebook, Lovebird Photo, B-Y-R-D Photo on Facebook. You can find me on Instagram with the same 
tag, and you can find me on Clubhouse Lovebird Photo. Perfect. Awesome. Well, thank you again for spending time with me and just telling your story and, you know, just putting it out there. And and I love talking with you. So thank you. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening today to the Portrait System Podcast. If you like what you heard, we would really love for you to leave us a five-star review either on iTunes or wherever you're listening. And I really, really want to encourage you to head over to SueBriceEducation.com. Over there, you can find all of the education you need to become a successful photographer. It's only $35, and there are over 1,000 on-demand educational videos on things like posing, lighting, styling, retouching, shooting, marketing, sales, business, and self-value. There's also the 12-week startup program that I love. And there are posing downloads, lighting downloads. I mean, truly everything to help make you not only a better photographer, but to make you more money. Once again, that's SueBriceEducation.com. It's time for me to tell you about this episode's sponsor, Fujifilm North America. If you haven't experienced portraits and wedding scenes created on the large format GFX system digital camera sensor, you are missing out. Along with up to 102 megapixel resolution, you'll find rich colors and gorgeous in-camera looks. There's also AI-driven subject detection and 8 frames per second bursts inside the compact GFX100 digital camera. Hit the link in this episode's description to view the products. It's time to dream big in your creative process.